Welcome to Alindal's Choice, a place where we explore the art of living your best life and the challenges we face along the way. A journey is seen through the experiences of a husband, dad, coach, engineer, entrepreneur, and athlete. I'm your host, Tim Alindal. We're back for another week. It has been a relatively calm week. The big issue I had this week was scheduling soccer games. I coach a U11 soccer team, and every season you have to schedule your games. No one schedules them for you. You have to contact, I have five teams, five other teams in my division. I have to contact them and work out a home and away schedule. Ten games total over, what, about a 14, about a 16-week period. It, it becomes a little bit of a challenging because you also have to fit tournaments in. You normally have two tournaments in a season. That's two weekends gone. And then my other problem is my son, he plays on a team, and they have, well, they're going to have, they're in two leagues this year. They're in the KPL and KSSL. They have 17 games they have to get in by the middle of May, which is a crazy number of games. Fortunately, their KPL games had already been scheduled. Uh, I got the scoop on the KSSL games. The uh, lady who schedules the games for my son's team is has been very nice to me. She has given me what games they have scheduled as soon as she does. She's very good at getting games scheduled like immediately. <laughs> Much better than me. I, of course, take advantage of that. I can find out when his games are and allow me to schedule around his games as best I can. With 17 games, I'm not going to be able to make all of them, but I, I should be able to make a big chunk of them. and I should be able to make the tournaments as well. Even so, it's still a stressful event to try to get all these games scheduled and I still haven't heard back from one of the teams, which is really, really annoying. I'm going to have to, I guess, reach out to the coordinator and like, hey, I, I haven't gotten a hold of this coach. It's what I'm left with in my scheduling. It is what it is. It's been okay. This week also saw the end of some of my 30-day challenges. One of my goals was to keep my desk and bedroom clean, and, and I did it. I made it 30 days by doing that. That is by far a huge record. Usually things get dirty within a week. So it's interesting to see that I was able to not only do it, but I'm interested to see if I can continue this and make this just part of a, my routine, part of my my daily habits, so to speak. I, we'll see. I'm hopeful because every night that was one of the things like, oh, I got to clean this up. I got to clean this up so that I can take a picture and post it on social media. That was kind of my motivator for doing this. And it did work. I'm curious to see if I can keep that momentum going in the coming weeks. We'll get back on this. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll, we'll do a maybe a 60-day check-in to see how it's going. The daily planning mechanism of like reviewing my day and planning the next day, I, I failed again. I missed a couple of days on the weekend again. The reality of it is, is I, I can't do this consistently. I'm, I'm struggling with it. When I look at it, I think the inconsistency has to do with my inability to get to bed at a certain time. I have a tendency to just kind of let my evenings go. Next thing I know, it's 1130, 12 o'clock. I'm tired. I need to go to bed. I don't feel like planning for the next day, especially if I have to get up at, say, five in the morning and go swimming. The weekends are even worse. Next thing I know, it's one or two in the morning, and there's just no way for me to really sit down and do that on a daily basis. It's the inconsistencies in my bedtime that I think really did me in 
with trying to accomplish this goal. My ongoing challenge is weight loss by June. That has not gone well as either. I, I haven't gained weight, so that at least is one good thing. I'm still sitting at 164. Again, I, I look at what's going on here, and I, it becomes obvious that it's inconsistencies with my diet. Some days I'm really good about what I eat. Some days I'm not. Some days it's like, oof, I, I eat the wrong things. We went out to Johnny Carino's over the weekend, which is an Italian place. I went through the menu. I got something that was not super high in calories. Chicken Parmesan said it was about 600 calories. You add in probably another two or 300 for bread. A thousand calorie lunch. Looking back, that probably should have just been a salad. I could have gotten a salad, which would have been a couple hundred calories, which would have been much better for me. Again, I made a poor choice. I have inconsistencies on my diet. There's some days I just do, I don't do any snacking. Other days, I just am tired. Whatever reason, I find myself snacking. And, well, there goes the management of calories. And all of this leads to kind of my topic for the day, which is consistency. I would venture to say that most of our greatest accomplishments all have been due to consistency, consistency of execution. I know there's one we all share, and that's education. I mean, we were literally forced <laughs> to attend school for 12 years. Some of us went for more than 12 years and we went on to college. Grade school was forced as we got older. I really didn't want to go to school, but I, I realized that school was the gateway to future success, and therefore I tolerated it. At the end of the day, we may not have wanted to go, but we regularly attended. And that consistency really paid off. What? I can read. I can write. I can do math. I understand the basics of social studies, history, the world around me. And more importantly, I have the ability to use logic and reason and be able to solve real-world problems. These are things that I may or may not be, well, I wouldn't be able to do without having gone to school and learned these tasks. It was our consistency of schooling that gave us these tools that then we can apply to the real world and, and find success in the real world. That isn't the only place I've accomplished things. I'm sure others have areas where they've done really well in or accomplished some task you know, for myself, I have a computer consulting company. I, one point my handicap in golf was three when I played triathlon. I became a pretty good triathlete. I became a master swim coach and have done that for 13 years. Consistency has played a major role in these successes. And not only are they part of our successes, but people are attracted to people who are consistent. Why? Because people who are consistent are reliable. They generally become leaders. Others want to be around people who are consistent in how they act, behave. That makes me want to understand consistency better. And probably more importantly, if you're anything like me, why were you able to maintain consistencies in some areas and achieve success, but not in other areas? Why are we consistent in area X? but not area Y. Part of this journey, I started looking at where I've had success and what were the primary reasons I was so consistent in these areas. When I look at golf, when I look at triathlon, when I talk, look at computers and computer programming, 
it's obvious that I love doing these things. I, I enjoyed the challenges of the athletics. I enjoyed the challenge of coming up with creative algorithms to solve problems. You know, you add in my touch of OCD, and and you can see how I stuck with these topics and began to thrive with them. But I think the primary driver for these areas and my consistency was passion for it. I was really eaten up by those areas, and it became kind of a, again, I'm somewhat OCD, became somewhat compulsive in how I attacked these areas. Another area I've had success is is master's coaching. I've been a master's coach for 13 years. Our group has grown from a probably eight or nine swimmers to now we have 30 or 40 swimmers in our roster. At first, I was excited about the idea of coaching. I've always loved coaching. But as you go along through the years, probably a little bit of burnout, there were days I didn't want to go. I even pondered stepping down as a master's coach a couple times just because I had been burned out. Even so, I still went. I still got up at 5.30, in the morning, or I guess I got up at five in the morning and got to the pool by six. For me, I think there was a sense of duty as being the coach and that I'm supposed to be there. And to a great extent, a lot of my consistency in master's coaching has been out of a sense of duty. Passion and sense of duty seem to be kind of my major drivers for consistency in an area. These can't be the only reason people are consistent in their actions and activities. So, being a computer person, I went to the interwebs and started researching reasons why people consistently execute. Here's kind of the list I compiled. Your mileage may vary on it. Mostly I found a set of internal factors and external factors that drive consistency and execution. As part of the internal factors, a person's mindset The term I saw was a growth mindset, i.e. if I work on something, I can achieve it. I have to believe that if I do the work, I can become that. Like if I'm going to learn the piano, if I practice the piano long enough, I will become a piano player. Another mindset is your strong intrinsic motivation, strong belief in what you're doing. This is passion. People who consistently execute are also generally optimistic They have a positive outlook in what they're doing, and that makes sense. But there's also some personal qualities that people have who consistently execute. One is self-discipline, our ability to control impulses, avoid distractions, grit. That was a term that was made popular in the last few years. There was a book on grit, and that's just resiliency, the ability to keep going when things get tough, our ability to learn from mistakes. People with strong time management skills generally execute. That makes sense. They manage their time well, which allows them to execute. And then, of course, there's self-efficiency, our ability to believe in ourselves. People who execute regularly also generally have emotional intelligence, i.e. some self-awareness, some understanding how emotions are affecting their behavior. They're able to regulate their emotions, to manage stress, anxiety, frustration, avoid being overwhelmed, dealing with procrastination, i.e. kind of motivation management, recognizing and addressing these internal motivators that lead to things like procrastination. 
There are also external factors that can influence your ability to execute social pressures. If you have a social support network, someone who's helping you achieve something, working together, it's a lot easier to execute when people are depending on you. Role models and mentors. If I see that person X can do it, well, then I can prop. Then I should be able to do it. If they did it, then I can do it. But there's also peer pressure in a negative sense. I don't want to be banned from the group. I don't want to be seen as the bad guy. Other external factors is like having clear goals, having well-defined goals to reach, uh, having like deadlines to get there, maybe milestones along the way. Can we take this big task we want to do, break it into smaller and smaller tasks so that we can create a plan going forward? And it also gives us some sense of positive movement as I begin to check my way through the tasks. Another area is our habits and routines. Do we have routines that are consistent for execution? Is our cruise control set to help us with execution? And then there's also the ability for us to positively reframe obstacles. If we can view challenges to getting task X done as an opportunity, again, we remove things from being negative, which kind of depresses us and keeps us from wanting to continue executing to something like, okay, now it's a challenge. Now I have some reason to continue forward. Some other things we might want to think about when it comes to executing consistently consistently are kind of our unconscious motivations. Are we somebody who's always anxious? Do we have a lot of self-doubt if we don't believe in ourselves? Or like our environment, what environment we grow up in. If I'm around a bunch of lazy people who don't do anything, that's probably going to affect my ability to execute. Realistically, our motivations to execute is dynamic. It's not some set in stone value. Our ability in each of these areas can grow or diminish over time. That's the list that I compiled. I think it's fair to say from this list that some combination of these factors are necessary for us to be consistent in our execution. I think the biggest factor of all of these is passion. The reason I say this is because passion enhances a number of these areas that are necessary for consistent execution. One, it gives us strong motivation by definition. I think it also gives optimism. If I'm really passionate about achieving something, Generally, I'm very optimistic that I can get there. I think it really helps with discipline and grit. I know there's times when I have been super passionate about something, I'm more disciplined. When I started doing triathlon, you know, you're talking about doing six, seven workouts a week. I'd have three, three swims, three runs, four bikes. Now, let me check, that's 10 workouts in a seven-day week. And generally, you have one day off. So I get 10 workouts in six days. You can't do that without having some discipline. (laughs) I don't know if I would have that discipline if I wasn't passionate about becoming a good triathlete. Which means that emotional regulation is easier as well. I'm not going to be, oh, I don't feel like doing this. Because I'm passionate about it. I want to get out there and do it as much as I can. 
There's not a lot of emotional regulation necessary. And passion also gives you that vision. It gives you where you want to go. Passion allows you to cover up a lot of your natural weaknesses, especially in some of these areas. I think it's also why the people who are in the top 10% of their profession are generally passionate about what they do. But I also know that passion isn't required to consistently execute. I wouldn't be a master swimming coach today if passion was required. That leads me to my next question. Passion can be a major element of consistent execution. But how can we become more consistent in our execution when passion isn't there? I have to believe there's a tipping point where if you have enough of these factors, you can become consistent in your execution, even without passion. And the reason I believe this is because of my ability to execute some things without necessarily being passionate about them. What I've been pondering the last week was what are the minimal set of these factors that need to be in play for us to execute consistently? And here's what I came up, at least I think for me. One, I think it's important to kind of have some vision of where you're going. You know, what am I trying to do? This kind of hits at kind of the clear goals. I don't know how clear they have to be, but I think you have to kind of know what direction you want to point the ship. I think you also need basic project management skills. If we need to get from point A to point B, I need to be able to break the big goal into smaller subtasks for me to actually make the journey from point A to point B. It's good to have a vision and know that I need to get to point B, but I also need to realize that there's steps along that journey. Project management skills help me organize those steps. And then time management allows me to kind of put them together and and do them on a day-to-day basis. So as we begin to move from point A to point B. The third thing I believe you need is the discipline and emotion management. For me, these are the core elements of execution. I think you do have to have kind of a growth mindset of if I put in the work, I can get there. I think you have to have the discipline to avoid distractions, to stay on message, to stay on target. I think you have to be, you have to have grit to stay with something when things go poorly. You need emotion regulation, again, to help deal with distraction, to help deal with difficult times. And I think you do need some belief in yourself that you can, that you can get there, that, that you can achieve what you want to achieve. I could be convinced that extroverts might need social support networks as part of their minimal set for executing. I mean, for myself, I'm much more of an introvert. I don't, I do a number of things by myself. I train by myself. I'm, I'm used to not needing a support group to go out and do things. So social support is not a necessity for me, but I could see where it would be a necessity for others. And when I look at this list, I can see how much easier it is to achieve these factors if you're motivated. Passion makes this list so much easier to achieve, especially the discipline and emotion management. So much easier to do that if you're really passionate, if you're really singularly focused on achieving that task. But what if you don't have that passion? Let's take a look at my self as an example. Well, I began this podcast talking about 
the last 30 days and some of the problems I'm having, some of the inconsistencies I'm having. One with weight, what I'm eating. I'm having trouble getting to bed on a regular time, which has affected my daily planning at night and reviewing the day. So what can I do to change the balance in my favor so that I can execute on these areas? So let's let's go over this list I just compiled and find out what are some areas where I'm deficient and could look to improve it. This is again my list. For you, you might have a different list of weaknesses, but I'm just kind of doing this as an example. I'm good on vision and project management skills. I, I have a pretty good idea where I want to go in each of my areas of life. I have years of software development experience for project management. Task management is something I've spent years and years tweaking and, and getting better. I might probably have to do a show on task management and my evolution over the years. But when I look at this list, I do have areas of concern. Discipline, self-awareness, regulation of emotions. I find that distractions make it hard for me to be more effective, get more done, to execute consistently across the board. It's these small distractions during the day that keep me off track. I have enough discipline and grit to get the big stuff that have to get done done, but it's the small stuff that a lot of times will just get pushed back to the next day or the day after. These are the elements that get washed out by my time wasting during the day. Going back to these two areas that I have problem, not going to bed on time, not keep track of my time, getting to bed really late, what happens? I don't have the energy, I don't have the time to plan properly for the next day, I don't have a really good opportunity to review the day I just had. On top of that, I have to get up early for swimming multiple days a week. I'm not getting enough sleep, which means that I'm going to be tired that day. And when you're tired, I don't know about you, but for me, it becomes really challenging to want to do things. When I'm tired, I I probably stop caring about what I'm eating. I'm not paying attention. If I'm distracted during the day and just kind of going off and doing something, I'm probably not going to be paying attention to what I'm eating that day either. Now we've gone in and had a long day. Once again, I'm too tired for the planning and all the things necessary to review the day to get ready for that next day. So it's these small things every day that that I fail to do that lead me to inconsistent execution. It may not look like I'm not executing because there's these big things that get done. But what we're not seeing are all the small things that are not getting done that build up to uneven execution. I'm reminded of the coaching phrase, how you do some things is how you do all things. How I do some of the things that is affecting my overall ability to be consistent. This is one of the reasons why stoicism has been so appealing to me. It helps me in dealing with areas that I continually fail in, that being mainly discipline and emotion regulation. Stoicism is about being the best version of yourself, making good decisions continually through the day. Well, that's discipline. When we look at controlling what you can control, that's emotion regulation. The ability to focus on what I can do and not on the things around me, not being distracted by the things around me, is about controlling what I can control. 
The Stoics also preach about constant vigilance, the importance of always being alert to what you're doing so that you're making the best decisions, that you're becoming the best version of yourself, that you're focusing on what you can control. How you do some things is how you do all things. Yeah, that's, that's something to keep in mind this week. I want to wrap up by talking about my next 30-day challenge. Our initial 30-day challenge had mixed results, inconsistent execution. Therefore, I think it's appropriate that my next 30-day challenge has to deal with execution. And the thing I really want to focus on is avoiding distractions, being singularly focused as much as possible through the day, at least being aware of the decision-making I'm doing throughout the day. My challenge for the next 30 days is going to be this. I'm going to keep a daily journal of what I'm doing throughout the day. Now, the key to this is going to be I'm going to write down what I want to do before I do it. I have task X I want to do. I'm going to work at it at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock comes. Okay, I'm going to work on this. Boom. That gives me a purpose for the next block of time. It gives me a singular focus. And then when that task is done, I can comment on how I do. I can provide a little mini review to, hey, did I remain focused? And now I can also, now that I've done kind of a mini review, I can write down the next thing I'm going to do. What this does is a couple things. One, it allows me to put in words what my focus is going to be. It allows me to get instant feedback on how well I did on that focus. And lastly, it gives me a daily chronicle that I can go back and review at the end of the day to see where I succeeded and where I failed. Now, this is probably going to be a very difficult challenge for me. One, I will not. One, I will struggle to consistently execute because it takes time to write down what you're going to do. My tablet is my notebook. It's not always around, which can be potentially a challenge when I'm trying to record what I'm going to be doing next. Um, I'm planning on using Google Keep on my phone as my backup recording mechanism when my tablet is not around. But this is going to be a real challenge for me to consistently execute before I do a task to record what that task is going to be and then provide some type of wrap-up to how I did with it. I think if I consistently execute on this, though, that my ability to focus in the day will get better and better and my consistency and execution will get better and better. At least that's the goal. We'll see how the challenge plays out in the coming weeks, and I'll keep you updated on how it's going. If you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend about us. Let other people know so that they can find enjoyment as well. And if you haven't already, subscribe to get future content. And as always, have a great day if you want to.